Hey, what's going on, everybody? As always, I'd like to thank you all for tuning into the show. We've got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we're coming your way with the 85th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. First thing we're about to get into for this week is we're about to talk about UFC. Uh, they have UFC 216 popping off this Saturday. Um, about to get right into this one. Uh, they got some pretty good fights on this card. Um, but the first fight we're about to get right into is uh, Verdun versus Lewis. Thoughts uh, about this fight, Darnell? So, I had an interesting matchup. Uh, you got Verdun. You want to see if he's gotten out of his uh, fascination with his hands and looking back to his bread and butter of wrestling and jujitsu, and you have. Derek Lewis, who is, he has hands like Adam Brown's going there. So, and, but we want to see how he, how he does with the elite level grappler like this that can he keep himself, keep the fight standing and use his best tool to get this going. So, it's a big test for him, uh, especially if I believe he's coming off a loss. So, he wants to make up for that. And then, you know, they're going to try to get himself back into the uh, upper tier of that heavyweight division. So, should be interesting to watch. I'm not sure uh, how exciting of a fight this will be because yeah. uh, if they're is smart, he will not try to turn this into a slugfest because it probably won't work out well on his end. Yeah. So, uh, might be a little more of a strategic fight than. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of nervous um, about this fight um, in terms of entertainment wise. Um, I think this could be a little bit um, possibly like uh, for Dooms and uh, Overeem's matchup um, a little bit where, yeah, you have for Doom. Uh, he could be playing it safe um, and, you know, not be very interesting. Uh, Interesting to the crowd to watch uh, what he's doing in the ring, but it could be effective. Um, and then just avoid Derek Lewis uh, because that guy can knock you out in a split second. So uh, if for Doom wants to not play as smart and he wants to stand up and, uh, you know, throw them hands with uh, Derek Lewis, uh, this could be entertaining. Uh, for Doom, he does, you know, have some hands on him, but he doesn't have hands on him like Derek Lewis. Uh, so. Yeah, you know, the smart thing would be for him to use that uh, jiu-jitsu and uh, try to control Lewis on the ground. But, um, yeah, this could be interesting. You know, if Verdun wants to get out of that slump and, you know, try to play it safe and do his thing, uh, this could be a great win for him. But um, if he still wants to believe in those hands, uh, he could definitely get caught and continue to go uh, further downhill um, after this fight. So... It just, uh, these, uh, styles, uh, they always say these styles can, uh, make fights, but, uh, particularly with these two, uh, this can be one that could, you know, keep you gazed or could be a sleeper. So just have to see. Yeah. If, if we're doing smart, it should be a sleeper style fight. Yeah. It's just, um, I, I just feel like Derek Lewis, he, he knows what he's good at, so he's going to try to look for that. Yeah, I'll shot his work for him pretty much since he's come to the UFC outside of his last fight against Mark Hunt, where 
he got, uh, he took the D down, and that was in the fourth round, uh, longest fight. Uh, he had been in Mason, uh, outside of him getting KO, uh, two fights before that, uh, he was in main event for a fight night. Uh, but that was probably the highest level of talent he fought in a five round fight, and now he knows that he has to take care of business early. Yeah. So who you got, man? Uh, I'm gonna go with Rigo. Uh, I think he fights smarter and probably gets the decision. Think he won't be hard headed this time, huh? That's at least I hope so. <laughs> I man, I want to pick Verdum. I think he's the better uh, fighter, but I, I think he's going to be hard headed again, man. And you know, I think Derek Lewis is going to end up catching him in this fight. So I, I think Derek Lewis is going to end up getting a win over him, man. So uh, both of these guys are capable of winning, but I I, I do I think Verdum is going to be hard headed again, man. So he proves me wrong. He proves me wrong. All right, up next, we're about to get into your boy, uh, Mighty Mouse, Demetrius Johnson. He's going to be going against Ray Borg. Uh, can end up breaking my guy's record for title defenses, man. So, you know, it's, it's, it'd be cool to see him do it, but then again, you know, I don't want to see him do it. So, uh, but Demetrius Johnson, man, he's on a roll, man. What, what do you think about this fight? I mean, uh, I think this is a, another DJ win. Uh, it's not to say Ford was a bad fighter or anything. He's a one and two. Uh, he has one loss in the UFC. But, uh, he's not, he's not a finisher in any way. Yeah. Uh, and if, if you're not a, a wizard in some sort of way where you can lay people out in a second or, this on the ground somehow. I think that puts you at an extreme disadvantage against somebody like Mighty Mouse. Uh, yeah. Seeing as he's so well rounded at everything, I think it's going to take somebody that's just really, really good at one thing, and that is their best day. Yeah. Uh, so looking back at those fights, he has one finish in his last five fights. And uh, that was a third round submission. Uh, I don't know so don't have hours for this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, I don't know that much about Borg, uh, but I do know a lot about DJ, man. That guy's just a beast. Uh, he can finish fights. Like I say, he can wrestle. Uh, dude, just all around. Uh, just great. And, um, since my boy John Jones likes to stay in trouble, you know, right now, in my opinion, I think he's the greatest of all time. So, uh, always good a pleasure just watch this guy go up in the octagon and just handle business. Um, so I do, um, I, I think this is going to be an easy win for him, man. He's going to go up in there and handle business, but deep down inside, I'm full of the board, man. I don't want my man Silva's record to be broken. So, uh, I like DJ, but you know, when you trying to break a record like Silver or something like that, uh, you know, I got to go against him. But um, I, I am expecting a uh, easy win for him. Listen, uh, he should handle business. Sorry, <laughs> ready to, to um, see that title defense record. Yeah, 
Um, after this, um, if he does, uh, win this fight, um, like me and you both believe that he will, um, is there anybody in particular, um, else you would like to see? I know, uh, earlier he was beefing with, uh, Dana White about, uh, Dillashaw going down and possibly messing up, uh, schedule for his, uh, fights because, uh, it was originally bored, but, uh, they don't want a Dillashaw to get it. Uh, you think that's still a good possibility or what? If TJ is willing to go down with that, I think that's a really exciting fight. Yeah. Uh, as long as, I mean, he, he's a championship level fighter. Yeah. Uh, and TJ pretty much has cleared out his division of that. I'm not seeing anybody that is really deserving of getting another shot. I guess some might say Henry Cebudo. Yeah. Uh, Based on maybe how he looks, uh, at, uh, he's fighting on the Detroit card against, uh, Eddie Pettis' younger brother. Okay. Sergio. Uh, okay. So if he, if he looks really good in that fight, maybe you give him another shot because that was like his second or third fight in the UFC when they fought. He's looked good lately. Yeah. So, all the other traditional fighters in this weight class, I guess that would be the one guy I would say maybe you can give him another shot at it. Um, when Mighty Mouse, uh, cause he lost to Cruz, uh, was that in his division? No, that was, that was up, 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 up Oh, okay. That was upper. Okay. Cause I, I know, uh, you know, Cruz ain't, you know, ain't a champ, uh, like he was, but, um, you know, it would just be interesting to see if he could, uh, you know, beat Cruz cause Cruz, that was the only one, uh, that gave him a L in the UFC, I believe. So. Yeah, this is one blemish. Yeah, um, but, but I mean, I, th- I think if that fight happened now, where Dominic Cruz, I mean, still from his last fights, he's still great. But yeah, I, I think I think DJ would be able to get him back now. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, the guy's not one of the you know greatest of all times for a reason. So he, yeah, uh, you know, the dude just. Awesome, man. Like I said, he can knock you out. He can wrestle you. Uh, just has a great, uh, gas take on him. Just doesn't get tired. Uh, nothing. You can, can't do nothing but praise the guy. So, uh, this should be, uh, he should be able to get that record. Um, the question is, you know, how long can he make that record go? Cause, uh, that guy's unstoppable right now. So. Uh, anything else to add for your boy, man? Just, you know, hope he doesn't mess up. I, I, I figure he takes all this quite seriously, even if it's one where he should ghost. Yeah. I think he is focused on getting that record. So, yeah. Now up next we have Tony Ferguson uh, versus Detroit's finest Kevin Lee. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see this guy uh, in there for the uh, championship bout. Uh, love, love his energy. Uh, but what do you think about this fight? I mean, it, sh- it should be a fun fight. Uh, both of these guys are, they're going to go at it and give everything. They're both pretty well rounded fighters. They, they can both win in, uh, different ways. Yeah. Um, neither of them will ever see going into a fight to try to, you know, Take it to the to the judges. They 
they both like to go in there and prove they're better fighters. So should be fun. Uh, both are very good wrestlers. Both are good on the ground. Um, I think I get the edge as far as punching power and stand-ups that are kind of lead. So I'm, I'm interested in where this one goes. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, these guys just, uh, you look at kind of like their numbers, uh, with like significant strikes and grappling and whatnot. Uh, they're pretty close to each other, uh, pretty, uh, even numbers. So, um, just going to be able to see, you know, just how, uh, these two will be able to just, you know, fare with each other in the ring. Uh, so there's going to be a good test for each other. Um, now, who do you have in this one? Oh, that's the tough part there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm still leaning more towards Ferguson. Uh, I just feel like he's had a he, he's been doing better for longer and he's fought a a little higher level of fighters. Yeah, competition. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I think he's a little more prepared for this fight. Of course, uh, I'm rooting for for uh, the the home, hometown kid. Yeah, uh, and he's from Detroit. Uh, but, but yeah, I think if I had to win, I'd win this fight. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I'm I'm feeling Ferguson too, man. I just think that uh, you know, like you said, uh, he just had a little bit um, more uh, competitive fighters uh, than Lee, and Lee's just still pretty young, man. He's 25, so. Uh, you know, he's going up against a seasoned veteran like Tony, uh, Tony Ferguson, uh, who's basically seen it all in the ring, man. Um, so if I got a pick, man, I'm going to give it to Tony, but, um, you know, I'm going to be pulling for Lee, man. Like I said, I love that guy's energy. Um, just what he does up in the, um, octagon. So I'm, I'm going to be pulling for him, but just, you know, how Ferguson, you know, with the experience and everything, uh, it's just hard for me to pick against a seasoned vet like him going up against a young guy. So I would have to pick Ferguson as well. Um, now you think this will go to distance or what? No, just because these are two guys that are looking to end the fight. Yeah. Uh, most likely for both of them on the ground. So I think this probably turns into a grappling match and uh, we see who can. Who can have the other on the ground? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think we get a finish, but it is some, somebody is getting a check of some sort. Yeah. All right, man. Well, uh, anything else, uh, you like to add for 216, man? I mean, the, the top of the card, I'm really interested in see how it all shakes up. Yeah. So it's just, it's going to be a good one to watch for sure. So, uh, got plenty of talent on there, you know, just Seattle styles can clash in these, in this, uh, good card. So, but all right, um, up next, we're about to get right into, uh, some NBA. Uh, the season is fastly approaching. Uh, about to touch on most of the Eastern Conference this week. Uh, but first we have some news coming from the NBA. Uh, that it's no longer going to be a East versus West All-Star, uh, game. Um, just what were you guys thoughts on that when you first heard about it? Not, well, I am a little surprised that they're moving to this format, but kind of not surprised because other sports have tried it out. The only 
other sport that really hasn't tried it out is baseball. That's because they do American League versus National League for home field in the World Series. Yeah. Um, we saw the NFL do this for a handful of years. The NHL is currently doing it. Well, um, I think for the, no, they, they did it a few years ago because now they're doing all the, uh, divisions play against each other. Um, so, I mean, we've seen it. We've seen that it doesn't exactly draw wild success, uh, because the NFL has gone back to AFC versus NFC. Uh, like I said, hockey moved from, you know, captains picking the team now to divisional three on three fast paced games. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, the NBA wants to give it a shot. That's great. Uh, I think people will watch it the first time, especially if we see, you know, LeBron get with Chris Paul, Mello, Paul George, uh, you know, something along those lines. Or if we, you know, somehow get a moment where, you know, LeBron has to pick Kyrie or something like that. I doubt he will, but, <laughs> um, you know, just weird stuff like that are, is going to be what's going to make people watch, not necessarily the fact that, you know, it's just a bunch of stars on a team together because it's what it has been. And like you said, Trey, like we, we were texting about it earlier this week and, and you said it's still going to be, you know, all those guys just not playing defense and dunking around, throwing alley-oops. Yeah. Like, the game itself is not going to be any different because it's not East versus West. Yeah. Um, the only thing it really eliminates is conference pride, if you even want to call it that, because the players aren't exactly out there trying to win the game until there's, like, five minutes to go in the last quarter. Yeah. If it's close. Yeah, I'm kind of along those same lines. Um, it's, I, I think it's a novel idea. I think it fits best for the NBA just because it gives you the essence of, of a pickup game. You go to the local park and I got next, so you're picking the captains or whatever. Um, so that's, that's interesting to me. I feel like the NBA almost got it right as far as, like I said, it fits for them. I don't think it's going to change the style of basketball. I don't think it's going to make it like more of a defensive game or anything like that. But I, even though it's not East versus West, it's still 12 players from the East and 12 players from the West and the whole yeah. or yeah. 10, 11 from each, I guess, what it happens. If you, if, if you're going to go this way, just go the whole way and just say, we're going to get 24 best players or 24 all-stars. Who cares? Where you're from. Yeah. yeah. So, so, sorry for me, for the Eastern Conference, if you don't have as many players or everything. Yeah. You're bad. Sorry. <laughs> but, I, I just think they should have went full, full board of that. So, you actually get, you know, what everybody wants to see and the snubs will be less egregious. Yeah. Do, do you guys feel though that like the NBA specifically um, kind of loses out the most when it comes to the All Star break? Uh, not necessarily because of the festivities or anything like that. Because I mean, I think we all can agree the dunk contest is a must tune in, uh, and probably the three point contest as well. Yeah, uh, like it's a great All Star weekend. Celebrities turn out big time for that one. They don't for the others. But like in terms of the All Star game itself, uh, are 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 they in a no win situation? Because 
at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of guys out there trying to not get hurt. Um, like it's it's always gonna be, you know, let's just throw alley oops around off the backboard passes and you know, a final score of two hundred and one to two hundred. Yeah. So do you kind of feel like it's kind of a no-win situation in that regard? Because a lot of people criticize it for being what it is. Well, yeah, I mean, it is. Because, I mean, if if you have these players going hard like it's a playoff game, that's when uh, their respective coaches and ownership are going to be like, whoa, we're, we're probably going to start having players set out this yeah. kind of stuff here. Yes, I'm not losing my player to a high high ankle sprain or broken ankle or torn ACL or something because he was trying to cross up his form. Like KD was trying to cross up Russ because you know they got into it in this pickup game. Basically, no, I'm not dealing with that. Yeah. So yeah, so yeah, I mean, there's no one in there, and then of course you have some of the fans where it's just like we're not even trying. You know, I mean that. Yeah, I guess you just have to see it for what it is. It's an exhibition game. Yeah. Uh, other sports do other things. Like none of them are really worthwhile. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I mean, the NFL and they don't they don't play. They NFL is just I mean, why have it? You can, you, can, you don't blitz, and yep. even even if it's at the end of the year, they're still not trying to get hurt. Yeah. It's just yeah. a lot of people it's skipping out on that too. Yeah. So, yeah, and then NHL, you got scores like eleven to eight, and it's like what NHL yeah. game does a score like that? It's just like <laughs> yeah, what? And then I mean, baseball tried to put their wrinkle in it, but I I don't think that I'm not sure if the players actually like that. I mean, you're forcing them to have to play harder, but I mean, you you have a team that will all of a sudden get home field advantage, but then when you when you get to the World Series, if Team A has won 20 more games through the year than the other team, it's like, this is BS. Yeah. Why, why, why are we playing hard? So, I mean, I, I just think all of them are kind of a lose-lose situation where people just have to see them for what they are. They're exhibition games yeah. where you, you go see the stars. That's basically what you're going to see. You're not going to see a real live full Oh, yeah, yeah, you're going for the festivity. Yeah, you're yeah. going for the festivity of the event, not the game. Yeah, and I and I, I completely agree with that. Um, well, uh, for the uh, cap is what is is it fan chosen or how does that work? Yeah, it's the top two vote getters, and then okay. they will pick. All right, they had to uh, vote for Zaza. Uh, this year, man. So. <laughs> yeah, it's time. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it, you know, it's it kind of sucks for me, man. Um, you know, because from the standpoint of you know, I like seeing the uh, East versus West. Uh, you know, some of the uh, guys, you know, clash going after it. Um, for the in their conferences, uh, competing. But what it, what is turned into now, man? Uh, like you guys already said, don't really want to be a broken record, but you know, guys not really going out there. Trying the hardest, jacking up shots, uh, just dunking every time. It's, you know, it's kind of just like, okay, so, you know, it's not really that big of an issue if they're going to do captains or whatever, because just going to not really give it all their effort anyway. So it's, 
you know, it sucks, but, you know, at the same time, you know, what it, you're going to be getting what you're expecting, you know, and they're not going to be going out there competing that hard um, anyway. So, but all right, uh, just a question for you guys. Um, do you think there's a good possibility they could go back to the um, East versus West? Uh, do you think they could? this could just be like a uh, trial for it, or uh, you think it would be a while before we see the East, East versus West again? I mean, if this was just a total failure and the ratings are terrible, I think they'd immediately go back to East versus West. But I mean, I, I think they'll have a spike just because of something different. Okay. And so, yeah. So we'll, we'll get this for a couple of years, I think. Okay. Yeah, I, I I would definitely agree, and I think there is almost a little more appeal to the way it's going to be this year, only because you know it's going to be a lot of you know, well, I, I I guess the idea is that the the draft is going to be the most interesting part about it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's I guess you could in a sense, go ahead and say, well, who's LeBron going to take with that first pick? Yeah. Yeah. Will they pick the other? Of yeah. The will it be, yeah. Will it be the, you know, Golden State Warriors against five guys that LeBron picks? Yeah. <laughs> Four guys that LeBron picks. Like, does LeBron go out there and ruin that by going, all right, I'm picking KD or I'm picking Steph right away. Yeah. You know, yeah. that that's why I think it'll get interesting. I think a lot of people are finally, you know, it, it's not an actual game situation like we've already stated. But, you know, would it be weird going out there seeing KD get, you know, guarded by Draymond Green for, you know, a couple possessions? Yeah, it would. Would it be, would it be you know, fun to watch Clay Thompson try and stop Steph Curry from shooting a bunch of threes. Yeah, like I'd I'd be into that. So it's like I think there's a little more appeal this way, but I think like all things, it kind of loses steam and you kind of go back to the way it was. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely the the main point. I mean, I guess they'll probably throw this in as part of the, the Saturday festivities. We're like early in that day just to see the draft, and this is another half hour TV show they can. Oh yeah. To oh yeah. Cross more money. And, I mean, just like you're saying, like if whoever, whichever warrior is the top vote getter, that's probably going to be a captain. They pick their own team. Just do Katie and Russ end up on the same team? Do LeBron and Kyrie end up on the same team? Perhaps. And, yeah. You got those kind of storylines going. So there's going to be some intrigue for year one with this for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, rather move right into the Detroit Pistons. Uh, but right before we say that, uh, it'd be cool because they just built a stadium, a uh, new stadium in Detroit. So it'd be cool if the NBA could somehow, uh, get a all-star game in that new arena to check out. That'll be fun. So, Well, I, I think that's a big reason they built the new stadium. Yeah. Hopefully they can swing, you know, an NHL, NBA, all-star. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's one they're building up the city. They, they want to get back and try to bid for another Super Bowl and yep. more of the, they want little seasons or anything. Yeah. Just try to grab some. They want, they want to get back to being a, uh, yeah. Like that. Definitely. Yeah. So those will be, uh, some fun events, uh, to go check out, man. If they could definitely get that to happen. So, uh, just have to see down the road, but had to mention that. Um, but 
yeah, the Detroit Pistons guys, uh, what are you guys' expectations for uh, them this year? In re- in my opinion, I don't think expectations should be any different. They should make the playoffs. Uh, they should have made it last year. Uh, they just seem to find ways to fall short of expectations. Uh, yeah. You know, losing Contavious Caldwell-Pope wasn't exactly ideal. Losing Marcus Morris isn't ideal either. But the one, you know, thing I concerned over you know, the last couple of seasons is you have, you know, Marcus Morris, you have Tobias Harris and, you know, basically John Luer all play their own style of game, but they all kind of play the same position. Yeah. It's like, it's like they stocked up on those, you know, three slash fours and it just kind of became a big traffic jam. And, you know, granted, it doesn't help that, you know, Reggie Jackson has a killer season and then answers it with injury and, you know, just let down. Um, doesn't help that, you know, Andre Drummond isn't a dominant force. Uh, it's, it's just kind of a whole storm of things that lead to the disappointment of the Detroit Pistons. Um, you know, you could argue, you know, free agency was tough for them this, this summer. I, I wasn't exactly a huge fan of, uh, some of the, some of the way that the offseason played out. Like getting Avery Bradley, I absolutely, absolutely like it. I don't think, I think he's a very good replacement for losing KCP. Um, and KCP got a max deal. Granted, we had to trade for Avery Bradley, but, um, I still think that's a very solid move by the Pistons. I think you can, you know, get the opportunity to resign Avery Bradley at the end of this year, I believe. And, you know, get him for less money than a max deal. So you kind of are just swapping out a player who plays very similarly, good defense. Uh, I actually think Riley's a better defender and, you know, can hit the outside shot. Uh, drafting Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard and Summer Ball look really promising. It'll be in- interesting to see how they play him minutes wise. Uh, you know, will he be able to provide the outside shot coming off the bench? Will he be able to get to the rim like he was getting in uh, Summer Ball? Uh, it, that, that'll be just stuff where time will tell. Um, but the free agent signing of Langston Galloway is really interesting because a lot of people are very high on him, but I feel like if he's going to do anything, he's just going to be a value sign where, you know, he gives you that mid-level production and you got him for, you know, I don't want to say a bargain, but I mean, you, you didn't have to pay a lot. And I also kind of wonder if the Pistons really settled on Links and Galloway because I feel like with the roster they have, they could they could bring somebody in. It's just the fact that they can't pull the trigger on a on a bigger name free agent or you know whatever. Uh, but you know, coming up this year, I think expectation has to be the playoffs. Eastern Conference. Is doing nothing but getting worse with players going into the West, and it should just open the door. Since they they have talent to be, you know, easily in the playoffs, they just find ways to not make it. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm not just going to repeat basically everything that I said here, but uh, said it perfectly, honestly. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, this is a team that in this Eastern Conference should be able to at least get a seven or eight seed. Yeah. But they just, they have not been able to prove themselves. Yeah. Uh, they've not been able to put, put together a season to do that. Last year was a major disappointment. And, you know, they, they made some roster changes, some moves, uh, some good moves. Uh, some I, I don't, I'm still not totally sure about traffic. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to watch and see. Uh, but, like I said, just the, the East is, I mean, outside of probably the top four teams, you know, who, like, just take a pick on who, who, who can make it. Yeah. So they should be able to slot themselves in at least that lower tier of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, but, you know, if, if they don't, then some moves need to be made as far as uh, coach slash GM, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you there. I mean, I think at the time, the hire of Sam Van Gundy was very appealing. Uh, seeing what he did with basically a bunch of role players down in Orlando uh, is not something you can bat an eye at. And it felt like a very similar situation here in Detroit. It's just the fact that, you know, through injuries or, you know, whatever, they've fallen short of, in my opinion, even realistic expectations. They've just fallen short. Yeah. Uh, since you guys brought it up, we'll get right into it. But uh, Stan Van Gundy, uh, is he in the hot seat this year? Uh, tough to say. Um, I feel like, I think he'll be pretty safe this year, but I think if we have another disappointing year next year is put up or shut up. Yeah. Okay, I'm, I'm going to split baby on this one. Uh, he's, he's <laughs> not in the, the hot seat, uh, but he's losing one of those two jobs if they do terrible this year. I would agree with that. Okay. Uh, I would agree. Yeah, that's respectful, man. That's a good point. Um, cause... Do, you, do you think he'd be more likely to lose head coach or GM? GM. Uh, I think I he's agree. a pedigree model coach, but it's looking possibly like even he may know what kind of players he likes to coach, but he may he may be looking at that over or is this a talent that fits scheme so he may need an outside eye that mm-hmm. will look at the betterment of the team versus his comfort on the sideline. Um, now, just to get to some uh, more uh, talk about the East, um, are there any uh, pickups uh, for the East that you guys uh, like this year? Uh, the players going to uh, the new team in the East or what? I mean, I think the most notable ones were Hayward. Yeah, I was going to say that's like right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, everybody else has left town. What about? I mean, I guess I can. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, say man. I, what about guess, Dwight Howard? Have we all lost faith in him yet? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's him. maybe you know Jordan can teach him some things or something. But uh, yeah, I I I honestly think outside of Gordon Hayward, it's going to be what draft pick pans out. 
You know, does, does yeah. and I guess we we can say this because he'll be in for rookie of the year. But does Ben Simmons work out? Oh yeah, um, he he hasn't played a game yet, so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, are we all all gonna agree that he's gonna be deemed a newcomer to the East here? <laughs> well, yeah. Is that fair? Yeah. All right. So yeah. So I mean, I think he's got to be one you look at, and other than I guess really him. And Gordon Hayward is just going to be who those high draft picks that pick somebody that's going to really be a star because nobody went out and got anybody huge. Yeah. Well, how about uh, this kind of happened towards the end, but um, you know, with the whole Avery uh, Bradley pickup for the Pistons, uh, how do you think he'll fare? Yeah, I think he'll fare pretty well there. Uh, they need some. Really, they need a platoon of guys that can hit the outside shot. Avery Bradley can hit, you know, he doesn't shoot it at an incredible clip or anything, but, you know, he, he hits enough outside shots that, you know, teams actually guard him on the perimeter. And yeah. I just think his, I just think his lockdown defense is going to be the difference maker. Um, a lot of people regard him as a top, you know, 10 to 12 defender in the NBA. I, uh, you know, basically, Three, maybe four positions if the team goes with a small four. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, he can easily guard, you know, small forwards, guards, uh, you know, he'll come, he'll come, you know, in real, he'll, he'll come in to a good spot when we see teams like Cleveland, uh, Boston, uh, teams with just better guards, uh, Miami. With Goran Dragic, you know, just teams with better guard play, he's really going to help. Yeah. Um, I guess another newcomer name we could look at is Malik Monk, um, being a draft pick for Charlotte. So, um, you know, just teams with better guards, he's he's going to play, you know, with a better impact. Uh, unless, you know, I, I've been more focused on his on-ball defense, but if his off-ball defense turns really good and he, he could create a lot of a lot of steals, yeah. Uh, then yeah, he'll be he'll be very solid with this team. Yeah. And he just seems like a he's like a SVG type of guy. Yeah, basketball so, IQ, high yeah. IQ, uh, team player. Yeah, he he fits the SVG mold very well. All right. Uh, well, anything else to add uh, to that, Darnell? No. Pretty much just uh, nailed it. All right. Our, our resident Pistons insider here got it. All right. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what I am. Yeah. All right. Uh, now just to uh, talk about the uh, playoffs. Um, like who are the uh, teams you guys are expecting to make the playoffs from the East? Um, safe to say, I think we all got Boston, Washington. Cleveland and Toronto. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe? Uh, no. Yeah, that's what no, I'm <laughs> uh, But, you know, with these change-ups, you know, you had Paul George leaving Indy. Uh, you know, the Pistons, like we just said, they're one of those teams that should make it, but for some particular reason, uh, they just have been uh, failing to do that, uh, you know, season to season so far. Um, you know, who are some who are the teams that you guys think can uh, fill up the rest? Uh, I think a team Darnell was very high last year. How about Milwaukee? Yeah. And, uh, you know, how how far is uh how long uh it, 
do you guys know how uh, long it'd take uh, Parker to get back? Because I don't. Okay, because that's the thing, man. Um, yeah, Jabari Parker is a big piece for them. Yeah, but uh, Middleton, uh, he was coming. He came back late uh, last year. You know, he's a beast. Yep. So I think very he's late. very um, underrated he's a player guard. in the league. Yeah. So um, yeah, was uh, I believe he was also drafted a piston. Really? I think he was. Let me let me look that up. Yep, 2012 Detroit Pistons. That's one they missed out on pretty big. They missed out on second round. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) That's where they've been terrible. But um, yeah, I think Darnell will agree there. Milwaukee has a great shot. Uh, well, I mean, I think we can look at it this way. But here, here, here's what I'm going to say: the teams that made it last year were Boston, Cleveland, Toronto, Washington. Uh, Atlanta, Milwaukee, Indiana, Chicago. I say Indiana and Chicago are for sure out. Atlanta could still possibly get in. Uh, they may be a seven or an eight. Now they're, they're definitely not going to be a five seed. Um, I was going to uh, ask you guys, what about Philly? Um, if I I think they have a shot. Yeah. But say, if they stay healthy and, you know, Right. The two of them, he's getting on that moment here. Yeah. Uh, say that again. I think this is a year that most people are going to expect them to make that leap into at least that lower tier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think Atlanta's kind of your iffy. They could get back in, but I think everybody will agree. Indiana losing Paul George, they're out. Chicago losing Jimmy Butler, they're out. Yeah. So it just really is who are the two, possibly three teams that you think could replace them. I think Philly's a very serious contender. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they're going to be a huge joke. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think they're just, I just don't think they're going to be a joke anymore. I think the Pistons have to be right there. Um, someone I think, yep. Yep, Milwaukee. I think they'll slide up into that four or five range. Um, I, I got them at four. Yeah, got them at yeah, four. So I mean, okay. I, I yeah. think another. I honestly. Okay, think so hold on. So you, uh, so you would have okay. So Boston, uh, Cleveland, not in this particular order, but uh, you would have them over the Raptors or Washington. I have Washington three. Okay, Washington. Then you have them. Okay. That's yeah, cool. that's cool. You know, I I think another team that could possibly get in would be uh I think the Hornets could get in. Uh they always seem to be floating around that six to nine range for the most of the season in the Eastern Conference. Yeah. And you know, get a couple bounces that go the other way. They're an eight seed. So I, I think you can look at the Hornets, you can look at the Heat. Uh they should have uh Justice Winslow back. He got he got hurt without for a while. Hassan Whiteside spent some time hurt last year. If they could stay healthy, yeah, the Heat, uh, they, they could yeah. they could very easily get in. The Raiders came on strong at the end of last year. Yeah. So, just gonna be interesting to see how these yeah these teams can click. So it's yeah. definitely yeah those last three spots are uh, I'd say definitely open to some squads. So.
right, well, anything else for this one, guys? I mean, it's just uh, trying to figure out who those other four teams that will make it in in the East, but honestly, I think outside of, like, after Boston, Cleveland, Washington, Milwaukee, none of them have a chance of doing anything. Yeah. 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 I'll I'll even go further to say this. Um, I completely agree. I'm just gonna tweak what you said a little bit, just from my opinion. I think um, Washington has a shot a shot against Boston. Washington does not have a shot against Cleveland. Boston has the best shot at Cleveland. I can agree with that. So if it somehow uh, if it somehow ends up being Washington Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals, I think you have pretty good toss up there. If you have Washington Cleveland, it's Cleveland. If you have uh, Cleveland Boston, I think we can get a good series there as well. Yeah. Yeah, I can agree, man. Uh, I'm a huge fan of John Wall, but uh, you know him and uh, Bradley uh, they were clicking last year. But when it came back to playoff time, it just seemed like the you know same old song and dance. Uh, they were just having trouble, yeah. uh, troubles clicking. So, uh, like I said, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Wall, but uh, you know if this could uh, keep up between those two, just not seem uh, seeming to uh, just collaborate with each other well, uh, especially come playoff time, uh, could be somebody getting ready to uh, get the boot. So, uh, yeah, I like Washington, yeah. I like Wall, but it's you know. When you're seeing the same old uh, thing over and over again uh, in terms of them, how they're playing with each other, uh, you know, got to get enough's got to be enough at some point. So, definitely. Now, uh, how you for the Eastern Conference? Uh, is it safe to say you guys believe it'll be um, Boston and Cleveland? I think that's what a lot of people are hoping. I think that's the most likely outcome. Yeah, oh, yeah. It it would it would. T- I think we all three of us would even agree if the team gets in that isn't Cleveland or Boston, it's Washington, and they'll need one heck of a seven game series. Yeah, well, I mean, like you said, I'm high on them, and I think it does depend on how healthy of a partner we get in at the. Late end of the late part of the season, but I just I'm infatuated with how big Milwaukee is and their defensive prowess. I do think they could like they could turn out to be like a Pistons type squad where they they can just lock teams up just as they're those is their above average and height and length at every position and and Giannis is. I, he he's projecting high, like he he's probably going to be ultimately the ballot this ballot this year. That's I just yeah, I, I, yeah. Just think about that now. Those two, uh, all those guys mm-hmm. clicking: Middleton, uh, Parker, and uh, Ante Tacumpo. It's a scary that's, thought, isn't it? That's nasty, man. <laughs> and they're all super young. Like I know, yeah. Like, that is all ridiculous. Yeah. Mid to lower twenties doing that. Yeah. So that's that's gonna be a sight, man. Those guys are gonna be causing some teams hell, uh, once everybody's, you know, healthy and all that. So uh 
that they're going to be fun to watch. I can say that for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but guys, um, anything else to add uh, before the uh, Eastern Conference or the NBA before we move on? Uh, you good, Darno? Yeah. All right. Um, up next, we're about to get into some NCAA football. Uh, first thing we're about to start off uh, for this good week is let's talk about last week, uh, USC versus Washington State matchup. Uh, what did you guys think about that game? Oh, I mean, it was it was some back and forth action, but yeah. Uh, Sam Arnold is, is struggling. That's, yeah. I, I guess that's the biggest thing I got out of it uh, since, you know, there's been a, a lot of hype on the kid. And I know he's probably still projecting fine as far as NFL stock, but I mean, 15 for 29, no touchdowns and, and an interception. That's, that's, and he only threw 464 yards. That's just, mm-hmm. you can't have that. Out of your quarterback uh, for college doing that, and then you have your fault on the other side, just you know, playing a pretty solid game every fourth, fifth, you he's completing 67% of his uh, attempts, he throws for three, four, and two touches. Can't get out played like that about Washington State. Yeah, you know. Definitely agree with you on Sam Darnold because I remember texting you guys and saying, you know, Sam Darnold does not look like a number one projected pick. Um, he's not even looking like a Heisman contender right now. So, he, yes, he needs to play a lot better. Um, the offense will go as he goes, but uh, granted, on the road at Washington State, that's not that's not an easy trip. Uh, that's I'm gonna call it a trap game because Washington State was what ranked 16. Yeah, they're a good um, team. So yeah, so it, it's it's not like you're completely overlooking them. Yeah. Uh, granted, I picked USC to win. I just thought USC would have a few too many athletes. But uh, you know, Washington State's both offensive and defensive line were getting big push despite being smaller than. USC's O&D line. Uh, it was just one team wanting it more than the other, and Washington State definitely deserved to win. Close game, but they definitely deserved it. Yeah. Uh, anything else added to that, Darno? Um, just like we said, if you got somebody that comes in being a Heisman candidate, you can't have a bunker like that. I mean, if yeah. he would have played a reasonable game, they probably didn't win it. I mean, it was, it was a close game, even with Darnold playing that bad. Yeah. Uh, it's only a three-point game. So, you know, if your quarterback plays anywhere near to an a average game, they probably would have almost been double digits. Mm-hmm. Uh, credit, credit to Washington State for, you know, Doing what they did to rattle him, uh, not just throwing throw it all on. He had a bad game. Uh, Washington State came in and did what they needed to do. Uh, they were at home. They used that home good advantage. They, they came out with a W. So, credit to them. But, uh, I expected a lot more out of, uh, 
All right, up next, uh, about to talk about Alabama for a little bit. Um, just what do you guys think about this team? Uh, do you guys think that they're clearly the number one team right now? Uh, just my opinion, um, how these guys are just looking, uh, they're just clicking and just dominating, um, everybody who they play. Um, I do know that this is uh, still a pretty young season. Uh, they still got a lot on their schedule to prove. Uh, but just how these guys are looking, this team, honestly, in my opinion, they're just looking like, uh, this could be uh, potentially be the greatest uh, Alabama team. Nick Saban is just a uh, coach because um, these guys are just firing, firing on all cylinders, uh, playing pretty good defense. Still a little bit I like to see out of uh, QB. Uh, so I see him step up a little bit. But um, these guys are just dominating their opponents uh, left and right right now. Um, but, yeah, just what are, what are your thoughts on this Alabama team? They look very good. And I think they're going to roll their way right into the playoffs. But as far as your original question, are they clear cut number one? I cannot say that. Okay. Uh, not, not because of them, but because of how not good the rest of the SEC looks. Uh, yeah. The only other team I can say has consistently looked reasonably good is Georgia. Yeah. Outside of that, this question, yeah, like, Man, I don't, I don't know if these teams are are very good. So and- yeah, man, I was I was having this uh, discussion with um, you know, Derek. Uh, you know, he texted me uh, this week, Darnell, but he he told the same thing. He was like, man, like what's going on with the SEC? Like this is definitely not look like um, you know, the SEC that's the dominant you know conference that everybody was so used to seeing. It looks like they're definitely. Uh, you know, losing their luster. Um, so, you know, it's just in that uh, conference, you know, you mentioned Georgia, but it really does look like Bama and everybody else um, because that just the conference, man, it's just the like just going to dirt this year. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. just to pick up on that, but yeah, you can go right ahead, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you look around everywhere to see definitely struggle best in the SEC. I mean, A&M started rough. They look a little bit better now. Uh, you know, after pretty much week two, people called to get Kevin on his job. And then you got Tennessee, who's a dumpster fire. You got LSU, who just lost to Troy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it might be George Stanford and of course, um, Auburn. I'm not sure about them. They look like they could be a reasonable team, but uh, they're not elite by any in my opinion. Uh, uh, like I said, Georgia, I do think, has looked pretty good. They, they have some athletes. Uh, but, you know, the Arkansas aren't very good. Vandy look like they might be decent, but, I mean, I don't know how much it is. Was it a talent gap, gap or how much was Alabama just pissed off because they called them out like, you know, yeah. like Vandy was. They were thinking they were Clemson or somebody like that. Uh, but, you know, just the SEC is not looking like the power that they have been. That 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 gap is looking real thin right now. If, if somebody still wants to say they're the best conference in America, so because of that, no, I cannot say Alabama is a clear cut number one, especially with how good uh, the team that beat them at the end of the year last year is looking. Yes, yeah. Yep, Clemson. They've gone through some some very good teams. They they went through local league. Went through uh, a good Virginia Tech team uh, last week, and you know I feel like their strength of schedule has been a little bit more impressive than Alabama's. 
Okay. Yeah. Uh, as Darnell said about me earlier, I'm not going to take the time to just reiterate what he said, but I have to hit on the fact that Clemson beat Alabama for the national championship last year, and I I would say you could make the argument for Clemson being ranked number one. Uh, I think there's a very strong argument just based off of who they've beaten. Who they didn't one of the uh, polls have them number one? Uh, I think that's what was. Oh, okay, I guess it was. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, uh, yeah, coaches, AP poll, they're both number two. Okay. But they do, they have received votes. But you know, just based off of who they played. Um, now, granted, Alabama totally passes the eye test. Uh, they look good offensively. They look good defensively. They look good on special teams. Like eye test, yes, they are a number one team. But I think a lot of people are making a strong case for Clemson. Uh, I would be totally cool if for some reason there was a 1A and a 1B ranking. Um, like I, I, now, I feel like both of these teams are head and shoulders. I think Clemson and Alabama are both a step ahead. Um, you know, now I'm not saying, well, no one can beat them. I, I just think that Right now, are two teams looking to play for the national championship again, and everybody else yeah. is just playing. Looks yeah. like we got a collision course for round three. Yeah, and it would be good too because it would be the rubber match. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, but you know, like I said, you guys pretty much uh, made some strong cases. Uh, you know, for Clemson, uh, Bama, <laughs> definitely. You know, got to put a asterisk by the uh, SEC. Um, you know, you mentioned that uh, somebody wants to argue that they're the uh, best conference darn it. It'll be a little tough uh, for them to uh, say it, but do you still feel that the SEC is the best conference, or do you think that's been uh, pushed over so far? Looking at it. I mean, as far as this season goes, no, they're not. I'll just say it. No, they're not. Uh, I don't know who, if, if I can say a clear cut conference, but okay. I, I just feel like they're with everybody else at, at, at worst now. At, yeah, at best, they're with everybody else at worst. They might be a, a step below. Okay. I only feel like I put the top team in the East and the top team in the West up against most teams and say, all right, they're going to or knock somebody out. Uh, I mean, if, if I had to lean to a conference, I'm probably probably leaning towards the ACC or hmm. what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you want me to jump in on that? Yeah, you can go ahead, uh, Ty. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. All right, just tell me when. Uh, well, good. You can just start now. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Uh. I don't, I don't know if I agree with the Big 12. Uh, I agree with the ACC. You know, I think you're looking at even a, a Louisville team that you would still throw out there against a lot of other teams across the country for sure. Uh, Florida State losing Francois just proved to be a little too much for them, uh, which is very unfortunate because we all had high hopes for them. We all thought they had the you know, capability of running the table the rest of the way after Alabama. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, I think just because of how good Clemson looks, I think you're going to put the ACC up there. Uh, but I, I still think the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten has a lot of depth. Um, just top to bottom. I mean, granted, you got to look past, you know, Rutgers. But, you know, uh, I believe Minnesota's three and two. I think Maryland's four and one. Uh, you know, just some teams are stepping up in the Big Ten to really round out the conference. And, you know, Michigan State's having a good season record wise right now. Michigan is undefeated. Ohio State's undefeated. Wisconsin's undefeated. Uh, Penn State's undefeated. I, I just don't think you can look past the Big Ten right now. I think they're really hitting their stride nationally. Uh, and I think a lot of people are starting to recognize it. Uh, it was big that, you know, Maryland got a big national TV win against Texas. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think that uh, the Big Ten's putting a lot of people on notice. I, I won't be shocked if the Big Ten, you know, is a conference that gets the first or second most, um, yeah, because the second most number of teams in the bowl game. Uh, you know, you kind of look at the SEC there because they're the biggest conference. Uh, but I bet if you dropped it down to percentages, the Big Big Ten will be one of the top three conferences in getting teams in bowl games this year. Well, all right, guys. Um, anything else to add to that? Nope. All right. Uh, before we uh, get into the big rivalry game, uh, we're going to let Darnell uh, talk about uh, his squad's uh, performance last week against Iowa. Uh, your squad, Michigan, had the uh, bye week tie. So uh, let him. What did you think about your squad last week, Darnell? That was a good bounce back game. Uh, they looked, looked like they got over the hangover of whatever happened, uh, at Notre Dame. They seemed to have cleaned up some things. There was no turnovers, uh, which was big. They caused turnovers, which was big. Uh, and you know, they, they got back to doing what they had been doing up until that Notre Dame. They stopped the run. They played a uh, reasonably good pass, uh, Defense back in the secondary. Uh, offense, the pass offense moved the ball well, but I mean, there's still that issue of uh, moving the ball on the ground. Uh, still some struggle with the running game, but they they look like they were over what happened. So that's a good sign for such a young team that they were able to not let such a, a rough game uh, sit, sit on them like that. And, they they show no signs of uh, of stress from that Notre Dame game and and no no layoff of looking forward to playing Michigan this week. They they were focused on the task at hand and you know, not saying they played amazing, but they played a good football game. They they pretty much locked Iowa down and, and did what they needed to do. Yeah, I was uh, pretty sh- uh, shocked by that, man. Uh, Iowa um, coming off a very close game with uh, Penn State. Uh, one of they, a lot of people could have argued they could have uh, pulled it through on one. Um, but yeah, Michigan State, like we said, man, when they have uh, such a young uh, talent, young talented team, uh, it was, I just wanted to see how they were going to bounce back um, after that uh, 
loss they had against Notre Dame, man, and they responded well. So, uh, you know, this would be definitely to see uh, how they can move forward after that win uh, coming to the Michigan game. All right, since I think you covered it enough, man, it's time for us to get right into it. Uh, it's the matchup of the year so far for you guys. Uh, we got Michigan versus Michigan State, uh, the rivalry. Um, just thoughts about this matchup, guys. It's always tough to get football. Right? <laughs> Honestly, I don't think there is a lot that needs to be said about this game. Uh, I think Darnell would agree. Um, the better team does not always win it. Uh, you know, the, it, it tends to be if you run the ball effectively, uh, you take care of the ball. It's very cliche, but that tends to be the winner of these games. Uh, the team that rushes better and the team that protects the ball. Um, you know, I, I think both teams are going to show a lot of I don't want to say a lot, but I think both teams are going to show some inexperience uh, this weekend. Um, Michigan and Michigan State are both young in a lot of spots. Uh, so for a lot of these guys, it's going to be their first significant taste of this rivalry game. And I think at some points of this game, we're going to see emotion play a big part. Um, whether it's, you know, someone trying to do too much and a turnover happens or Someone just loses an assignment because he, you know, goes and blocks somebody else because it's a big hit. You know, I, I just feel like we're going to see a couple moments where inexperience and emotion play a big part. You know, whether it's a bad flag or something. I, I just think that's something to look out for. Um, because I, I don't think there's really anything else that needs to be said about this game other than the fact these two teams hate each other. Both teams are playing for conference relevancy, national relevancy. Um, and that's, you know, that's what it is. That's how it always is with these two teams. So. Yeah. I mean, to, to use one of the old cliches, these are two teams that and like each other, so you know this, and that's putting it nicely. Yeah, <laughs> as as Ty said, it's, it's not a usually it's not a uh, a talent deal when it comes to this game. Um, this game, Michigan State was a three and uh, three win football team, and they still you know played Michigan pretty pretty tight. Uh, the, the scores seems to get a lot tighter when you just have two two programs that you know they're putting their pride on the line in a game like this. So I expect nothing less than that come Saturday night. Both teams are going to come jacked up. They they've been preparing for this game all week. I think both teams are focused on nobody's trying to give the other bullet and board material. Both coaches are trying to be nice about it. You know, they they let it be known that they don't like each other and. Uh, that's just expected from both teams. So uh, it's going to be big there. Uh, like, like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if it comes down to everybody arguing on the about one mistake that led to one way or the other uh, team winning this. Uh, it's, it's a big game for both sides. 
Uh, Michigan looks like they made the switch uh, to O'Horn, so then you get him off on the right foot at the end. You know, this this could be a statement game for Michigan State after coming back from a terrible season last year. If they could be their rival who's still ranked in the top ten, that would be huge for them because that would probably mean Monday we're back in the top twenty-five. So, again, yeah, yeah. Uh, j- just real fast, you are right about O'Corn. Spate looks to be out handful of weeks, so it's going to be O'Corn for the next little bit. Uh, just about to ask you, Ty, um, since you guys are ranked number seven, um, been a little bit nervous for Michigan, man. You guys looked uh, kind of iffy this year. Um, are you uh, nervous for this matchup? Or? I'm, I think I think in any rivalry game, you have to bring in the you know the option of losing the game. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not impossible, uh, but. The, the confidence I think that Michigan fans have going forward is Michigan looked at their best offensively once John O'Corn entered the game against Purdue. Uh, they moved the ball very well. Uh, they, he was passing it well, scrambling well. They, they just looked like they were clicking at a speed that they were not clicking at, clicking on with Spate at quarterback. So, I mean, do you get a little nervous? Yeah, because he's had limited reps. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't be shocked if he's been taking some first-team reps all along, knowing you're one moment away from being a starter here. And, you know, you can say the same for probably every team in America. Backup quarterback has to get some first-team snaps at some point. Um, so, but it j- just in terms of the game itself, yeah, you have to be nervous rivalry game. Anything happens. Uh, but I think... You know, the positive for both teams would be just because you lose this game, your season's not over. Uh, both teams are currently 1-0 in the Big Ten. Uh, you know, both teams still have to play Ohio State. Both teams still have to play Penn State. And if you can somehow knock out both of those teams, you know, get a loss to Michigan or Michigan State, from somebody else going forward, you can still end up in the Big Ten championship game this year. Like it's not, it's not over. Uh, these two teams are playing a little early this year. Usually they play what is it first weekend in November or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you know our last weekend of uh, October. So they're they're playing a little early this year. Uh, so you know, yeah, there's always nerves. Uh, I, I will admit that. But the season's not over just because you lose this one. Like I said, for Michigan, they still got to go to Happy Valley and they host Ohio State. So even if you lose, you, you still have the opportunity to control your destiny. Uh, you just have to make sure you take care of business the rest of the way. <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, now pretty much, uh, you know, gave your thoughts on it. But uh, what are the uh, keys uh, for both of your squads? pull this um, game off with a W. Um, is there anything particularly uh, with you, Ty, that you'd like to see out of O'Corn uh, in this matchup? Yeah, for starters, no turnovers would be great. Uh, if, he does not, <laughs> if, he, if he does not throw an interception, uh, I think that's you know, A++ for, for John O'Corn. Uh, you know, I'm not expecting him to go out and throw for 300 yards, 
I'm not expecting him to go and rush for a hundred. I just want a clean game out of a corn. I want a clean game from the offense. I think the defense will take care of itself. Okay. All right, knees. Uh, what's your squad got to do, man, to pull out this upset? There's a few things. Uh, stop the run. I mean, that's, you know, that's always a big thing. They, they played very well against run. I think that's one of the major reasons why we looked as good as we did against Iowa. Uh, a good running team. We pretty much shut them down. Uh, if we can do that against Michigan, uh, you're always, you always fare better. Uh, especially with O'Connor, pretty much this is it was started in since coming to Michigan. So, oh yeah, it uh, is. This is it's only a second start. Yeah, so so put him in the fire there, force him to throw the ball and make those decisions, make those reads. Uh, you know, force that, and as Ty was saying, protect the ball. Don't don't give give up the ball, especially not in plus territory for the other team. And if if we can find some way to keep, uh, get an effective run game ourselves, because majority of these games, if you outgame the other, that team wins. That's pretty much how it goes with Michigan versus Michigan State. The winner in the rushing battle wins the game. Yeah. Uh, so, so if we can find a way to get uh, LJ Scott, Gerald Holmes, Madre London off, uh, of course, you probably will have some uh, work he runs in there, too. He's, he's been using his legs a lot. That I think. Right there. Right. Yeah, and to to be fair, uh, you know, I think we can both agree, this is some of the deeper running back squads we've seen out of both teams in this matchup. At least, yeah. you know, my time being a Michigan fan, I don't think I've seen as deep of a running back core for them. As you know, as this team has, and I think even the same for Michigan State. Even though Michigan State hasn't exactly run the ball super effectively yet this season, I think this is you know three of some of the best backs we've seen come to Michigan State. And granted, they've had yeah. they've had some in the past, but I th- I think you know the running backs for each team are very deep. Yeah, as far as just overall talent, yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, All right, guys. Uh, anything else to uh, add to this matchup or talk yeah, about or yeah. say to each other before? Yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I, I, will, I will. I will. I will keep it civil. Darnell and I. Hey, hey. It's respect. There is. It's always civil. You know, throw throw your jabs, but it's civil. You know. So, but Darnell, what do you think of uh, the night game for the first time? Yeah, seven thirty. I was I mean, about to say that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? I mean, it'll be fun, interesting to watch. Uh, I think the arrest totals are going to go up. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> Give, giving fans that much more time to get lathered up for this one. So oh, yeah! Much at each other. Yeah, it'll. So, it, it, Ann Arbor will be a mess. I agree. Yes. But do, do you think Michigan State answers with the night game next year? I think it's a possibility. I uh, think it's very I'm not totally sure because uh, I guess the the uh, staff for both both schools they aren't terribly excited about it because you know the, because it's a rivalry game they're yeah, worried you know, about waiting all day yeah, yeah. I don't order people are going to get but yeah. you know 
it is what it is. And I think if the ratings pop enough, then yeah, you're probably going to get this as a night game. Yeah. Cause, you know, I saw it scheduled as a night game and you know how it is. Night game, prime time. That, that just adds a little excitement to the aura of the game. It just does no matter what the game is. Um, but you know, I, I think. With this game typically being the 3.30 start, uh, I think the night game just adds a different element to it. I think, uh, like you, like you said, it'll, it'll be a mess in Ann Arbor. If they do the same in East Lansing next year, it'd be a mess there too. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I like the idea of it being a night game prime time. Everyone, well, I, I do think you'll see a, a slight peak in the ratings mainly because um I now I haven't really looked. I don't know what other games they're competing with at the seven thirty eight o'clock slots. Um and you won't see a game on over it for regional coverage. So I think we see a slight tick in the ratings. Um I think people would be likely to turn it on just because it's a bigger time rivalry game. And uh I actually think it'll be pretty exciting. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, just looking at it. Yeah, you guys should have. Uh, yeah, there's not really any like big time games competing uh, with you guys this week for the uh-huh. uh, prime time spot. So you got maybe Washington State and Oregon. Uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you guys will. should, yeah. Watch Michigan, Michigan State over that. Yeah, yeah y'all should get unless some you good, have a, good numbers for yeah. that, yeah. So, yeah, unless you have an interest in any other team, I think a lot of people tune that one. Yeah, so y'all should have it. All eyes will be on you guys. Um, have y'all ever been to a uh, live uh, for one of their rivalry games before? Uh, I have not. Okay. Uh, what about you, Dermot? Nah, I've oh, okay. had never bought season football tickets. I just went to games on a, if it seemed like it might be good. Cause when I was there, we were horrible. Yeah, so true. <laughs> yeah, but man, I, I bet it, it would have been fun, you know, to be loud, especially yeah, like at this and this, this would have been a fun one. So yeah, I, I wish I would have went my freshman year cause I was, uh, clock gate. And so, oh, okay. oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But. yeah. but all right, guys, uh, anything else to add for NCAA football uh, before we get into our pickups? Nope. Okay. Uh, but to start this off with some NCAA, I'm still the top dog, uh, 19 out of 30. Uh, Tyler's in second place with 17 out of 30, and Darnell's uh, 16 out of 30. Um, I had to make my picks out of duress last week. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, first matchup that we're about to go for is uh, Air Force versus Navy. Uh, who do you guys have? Oh, I got to go pull up my cheese again. Give me the Eagles. Air Force. Right. Air Force. Yeah, I'm I'm going Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Give me uh Navy as well. Okay. Um up next we have Duke versus Virginia. 
Hashtag give me give me Duke. Duke. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going with Duke here too. Me too, man. I don't Then up next we have Louisville versus NC State. Give me NC State. Yeah, I'll take uh, Lamar Jackson. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to go with Louisville. Bounce back. Yep. All right. Up next we have the U versus FSU. Y'all already know who I'm rolling with. So. Yeah, well, Florida State's one and two. Give me my end. I mean, I think you know who we're all rolling with on this one. <laughs> <laughs> one team doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah. 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 Miami. Alright. Uh and last but not least, we gotta go for it. Uh University of Michigan versus Michigan State. Gonna be at Uh not even gonna say what Yeah, I'm 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 gonna roll with Michigan, man. It's it's tough because this game in my opinion is gonna be very close. Um I'm nervous for Michigan. Uh you know, they just look uh, inconsistent. Um so at, you know, if just with how inconsistent Michigan uh, has been, you know, State uh, could get a good little lead on them uh, before they like start to pull like a uh, second half comeback or whatever like they did against Purdue. Uh, you know, so it's this game is going to be very close. Um, I think it's going to be uh, five, say yeah, three inside. It's going to be a field goal or a touchdown. Um, but it, this is going to be a close game, man. So I, I believe so. Uh, both of these guys are going to go out there swinging. Um, so yeah, I'm going to pick Michigan. So. Well, you, you know I'm not not picking my school here, so. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, you don't even have to say it. Yeah. <laughs> don't even have to say it. All right. Okay. Um. Now we're about to get into the NFL. I'm straight up sucking in this. Uh, I'm 11 for 23. Uh, Tyler's 13 for 23. And Darnell is number one with 15 for 23. Uh, first thing we're about to get right into is Buffalo versus Cincy. I'm going to take Buffalo playing good defense. Going with the same. Give me Tyrod Taylor and company. <laughs> me too. I'm going in with me three. Hey the, the, hey, hey, the juice is out of jail. Maybe they'll give him a call. <laughs> Play some running back. <laughs> company. Uh, man. The That'll juice is loose. Yeah, the juice is loose. That's correct, man. Uh, up next, we got Seattle versus the Rams. I, I actually think this is the hardest one to pick out of all of them for me. Yeah. Seattle, Seattle just hasn't looked like Seattle, and the Rams are. It looks, yeah, it looks like the, the sh- numbers should they're, be. They're switched. winning some shootouts. Yeah, some shootouts though. Uh, what Rams kicker made seven field goals last week? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Legatron. Yeah, Legatron. <laughs> um, although I heard that and took a little offense to the nickname, but uh, <laughs> obvious reason. But. Um, uh, Give me, give, give me the Rams. The Rams, okay. Always find a way to beat them once. 
Yeah, I, this this one gave me a trouble too. I mean, the Rams' offense has been amazing, uh, but the defense they should have has not been that way. Uh, Seattle's defense looked a little better to me last week, like they're starting to, you know, get back to some of their roots. Uh, I still hate their offensive line. Uh, but I'm I'm still just I'm I'm just gonna roll with Seattle here. Yeah, me too, man. Uh, they got to turn it around, so this will be a big game for them to get back on course. So yeah, I'm not going to Seattle as well. Um, it seems like I'm I'm picking Dallas every week. It seems like man, uh, Green Green yeah, stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it, man. I'm, I'm so picking your squad every week. It seems like man, but uh, up next we got Green. So, so that's what that's why we lost at the end last week because you picked. <laughs> okay. Hurts the trail. Well, I, I I won't pick them this week, man. I'm going with Green Bay. So. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Green Bay as well. All right. I probably should, but I'm gonna pick Dallas. Yeah, I think All right. Then up next we have San Fran versus Indy. Uh, this one's also kind of tough, but uh, Indy just hasn't shown me enough, even in a loss. Uh, give me San Francisco. I got them as well. Yeah, although, although he did look a little bit better in the first half last week. Yeah. Uh, Brissett looked good in the first half, but then and he somehow <clears throat> fell off a cliff after that. Uh, yeah. Ugh, I don't like this. Uh, got to flip a coin or something, though? But, uh, you got a Spartan quarterback in San Fran, so that's what I'm taking. <laughs> All right, Mr. Ho- Hoyer. San Francisco Hoyers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, last but not least, we got to cover those Detroit Lions. They're going to be playing against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, who do you guys got? I think the Lions can go this one off. So, uh, the Lions. This one I was a little, I was teetering on too, because Cam actually looked like Cam last week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was against the Patriots who, you know, it seems like their defense is who you need to play if you want to look good for, for a week. So I don't trust it. So I'm going with the Lions. Is this the first time we fall? All like the Lions. <laughs> Could be, but uh, since Trey picked them, they're, they're probably going to lose. <laughs> you picked them last week. Did he? Did, did you pick the Vikings last week, Trey? Uh, no, I picked the Lions. Yeah, I picked the Lions. Yeah. Oh, okay. So. Oh, so it only works with my team. So <laughs> sweet. So. <laughs> so it's real. It, Lions are the real deal. Yeah. <laughs> Get through the train on curves. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, anything else to add uh, before we close this off? No, sir. Um, as always, guys, I appreciate y'all for tuning in to the show. Uh, you can check this podcast out on podcast.com, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, YouTube, SoundCloud. So set us up in that search engine. Also, feel free to check us out on Twitter at DKM underscore cast. Uh, 
Appreciate y'all for tuning in, and we'll catch y'all on the next episode. Peace.